Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Heart and Mind of Jesus, Restoring the Mind. This is part two of Lesson 6. First, a brief review of the last episode, and then I'll conclude this message on restoring the mind. Last episode, we looked at Luke 4.18, where Jesus tells us he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. We looked at how the brokenness was totally shattered, and it was brokenhearted, but we looked also at the root word in the Bible was actually of the mind, the seat of the will and emotions. And so the Lord's telling us he came to restore those whose minds are like uh, a type of brokenness from distress. And it could be mental disorders like depression, PTSD, chronic anxiety, and those types of issues. We must protect the mind from further injury by wearing the helmet of salvation. This means to surround our mind with the truths of Scripture. Bible truth provides not only protection to our minds, but can also bring healing in certain areas, especially when it's necessary to get professional help, and it's best to go to a Christian counselor. And I say this by way of experience with how a Christian counselor helped me immensely with depression and the anxiety. And though I still uh, struggle with it to some degree, I've lessened it and brought it down to about uh, 80% less than what it was. Part one ended by looking at the Paul's letter to the Galatians, in which he was amazed that they were returning back to the works of the law. In other words, they were going back to legalism, which is a bondage of the mind. Legalism, uh, by today's standards, from my experience, is a type of brainwashing. And now I want to give one more passage and then tie them all together into a protective helmet of truth. This passage is found in Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 7. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoptions as children by Jesus Christ to himself, and this according to the good pleasure of his will, and it's to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now in Ephesians 1.5, Paul writes, Having predestined us to adoption. I want to address this word predestined or predestination. There's a lot of misunderstanding about that. One belief system has even gone so far to say because the Bible said we're predestined, there's no need to share the gospel. That if people are going to get saved, if they're going to discover God, if they're going to escape an eternity in hell, then it's all up to God and we don't have a part with it. Well, that's just heresy and false doctrine. That word predestined may be thought of like this. If I wanted to go on a train to L.A., I would find one that is predestined to travel from the southeast to L.A., California. I do have a choice in the matter, however. I must board the train. But once I'm on there, it's predestined 
to Los Angeles. Also, a way that my pastor explained it is if he announced on a uh, one of the church signs out front that all who enter would be given a $100 bill, they are predestined to receive it upon entering and asking for it. And so much like that, we're predestined to salvation because God provided forgiveness for sins across the board. And in several places, we're told Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. But we have to ask for it. Another important word in this principle, actually, is in Ephesians 1.6, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7 reads, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And it's that work identified there in verse 7 that makes the truth of verse 6 irrefutable. That's how we're accepted in the beloved. It's all through his blood. It's the work that he did. You see how believing this truth can guard our mind against self-hate and self-condemnation? Because right there, it tells us we are already accepted in the beloved Savior. Now, from these passages, God is declaring to us we are his beloved children, and we're made so by the death of his son, who paid the penalty for sin. And all sin, by the way, is past, present, and future. It's all paid for. It's done. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. So as God's child, we are saved from the fear of hell and we're free from the stifling bondage of legalism. So legalism is rooted in the attempt to earn God's favor or earn eternal life. But when Jesus declared in Luke 4.18 that he came to heal the brokenhearted, he was referring to a major result of his coming death on the cross. Besides the legal aspect of what Jesus did on the cross concerning freeing us from condemnation, The knowledge of being safe as children of God and held in the mind by faith will with time through meditation and by keeping this truth in the forefront of our thinking, this gives us a protective covering for our thoughts. It doesn't mean we won't experience fear or any of a hundred other troubling thoughts, but it does mean with the truth in place, We can displace the destructive thoughts with healing thoughts of God's love for his own. In summary, our minds are the center point Satan aims at with the fiery darts of lies and deceit. His goal is the destruction of every child of God. Our defense is to know and apply the word of God. Now, I know it's easy to hear, but it is so hard to do. But one place to start is Philippians 4.8. Paul writes and tells us, Finally, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, and whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue in anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Another is Psalm 31:24. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And remember, when he's talking about strength in the heart, he's talking about the mind. This episode's action to consider is look up John 15, 9 and write that verse on a three by five card to keep with you in the coming weeks. In John 15, 9, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you'll read this again and again until the power contained in this verse releases its deep truth in your spirit, 
it will create a strong guard around your mind. I read this week that people spend more time gathering knowledge and less time implementing the knowledge. In the spiritual realm, this will lead to defeat when it comes to protecting our mind. It takes knowledge, of course, but then if we want to do our part in bringing wholeness to our minds, we must apply biblical truths. And we can do this by recalling scripture when those torturous thoughts intrude. And then think on those scriptures continuously until God's word displaces the mental darts fired into our minds by the enemy of our souls. Ephesians 6.16 reads, Above all, take the shield of faith with you, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Next week's episode, Freedom for the Captive. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.